Welcome to the Jesus Movement Podcast, presented by Awaken the Dawn. We host conversations so you can hear stories from across the movement, receive fresh biblical insights, and gain practical tools to experience more of Jesus's presence in your life, ministry, and city, because we believe Jesus changes everything. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Today, this is Matthew Lilly, your host for the day, and I am here with my friend, Giovanni Munoz from Tampa, Florida. Hey, Gio, welcome to the podcast. What's up? What's up, man? It's an honor to be with you guys. Honor, honor. So great to have you today. Gio is our Wake in the Dawn Florida rep, and he's also the founder of Abide Church there in Tampa. And we are so excited about what God's doing down in Tampa, Florida and in the Tampa Bay region. And we wanted to testify today. We have some amazing stories to tell you guys of what's happening down in Florida. We want to encourage you. And we're seeing amazing unity, revival, awakening. And we want to encourage you this can happen in your life and in your city and in your community as well. So tune in if you want to see unity and revival and awakening and prayer right where you are, because I think this is going to encourage you, inspire you. And also, we want to give you some practical tips on how you can see God move right where you are. So, Gio, again, welcome, man. So great to have you. I know you a little bit, honestly, but I would love to hear a little bit of your story. Maybe just introduce yourself to the listeners and give us some history. I know you've been doing Abide since about 2008 down in Tampa, but yeah, give us some of the backstory. How did you get into ministry and that kind of thing? Yeah, oh, it's an honor to be with you guys, man. I, I love the ATD family and what God is doing through this community. A little bit about me. We have been in Tampa, Florida now for about five years. Pentecost Sunday will be five years here in the Tampa area. Born and raised in Orlando, Florida. So I'm not too far from where I was born and raised, about two hours from there now. And I actually, I got saved in 2008. So we've been here five years. Gotcha. Uh, Abide will be, I think, three years old this coming up January. So it's been a beautiful journey, but I didn't grow up in church. So I grew up actually Seventh-day Adventist background, but did not know the Lord. Was a drug addict for about six years. So in 2008 was really where I met the Lord after getting kicked out of several houses and being on the street. Got radically saved on a park bench. I met the Lord there. It wasn't really a church service or an altar call. I just was in a place where I was broken and alone. What's the story of that? Oh, man. So, yeah, I, I came from a broken home. I started doing drugs at around 12, 13, got kicked out of our house, 14, turning 15. So I ended up rolling around and about around 16 years old, turning 17, um, I would just had lost everything. I lost all my friends. Nobody would reach out to me anymore. So I was at Downey Park in right in the central Florida. There's a park called Downey Park. I was at a skate park on a park bench. And um, I remember calling everybody that I knew to call and just nobody would answer the phone. And throughout the years, just I went to a Christian school, seventh, eighth grade. So there was some seeds implanted there. Yeah. And I just remember feeling like super unloved, bro, like super unseen, super unloved and super alone. So I was on the bench, just super broken. And I just was like, what if like the Lord would meet me here? I remember feeling like I have nowhere else to go. So I prayed a simple prayer, like, Lord, if you're real and there, like, I just need to feel you. And I, th that was my first experience with the Lord, like the Holy Spirit, when I would understand how the Holy Spirit came Yeah. and I felt comforted. I felt hope like for years, I felt like there was no path forward. It was like, every time I would try, it was just this darkness. I felt hope. 
And that was the beginning of kind of a shift for me. That next year, what would be year 17 of my life was kind of searching what, like what that would look like for me to get my life back on track. I was a high school dropout, just in and out of trouble all the time. And that path led me to Jacksonville, Florida. I ended up um, in a ministry program where it was like a discipleship pastoral training. And I was like that kid that like, maybe he'll make it. Like every school has like that one kid that's like, he <laughs> yeah. might make it, he might not. I was that kid. So I, I ended up going into the program and um, at this church called Ocean Way Church in North Jacksonville. And God just grabbed a hold of my heart, man. I just, awesome. the people rallied around me. They championed me. And about three months in, I just knew like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Like I'm, I'm going to give my life to helping other people find what I've found. Yeah, And so did year one, two, three of the program, got my license and, and just that, that's, that was a huge journey of being pastor, young adult pastor, ended up in Africa with Heidi Baker for a season there, wow. ended up in Mexico. So it's just been a beautiful journey of following Jesus. Like it really has been the Lord. I met a group of friends in 2008 and we've been doing life and ministry together since 2008. So my pastoral staff here. We've been together since ministry school, so it's been it's just been special. It's been special. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, how did you cultivate? I know you have such a passion for the presence of God, your church. That's a high priority is being in the presence of God, prayer. You have a prayer room. Your church is a house of prayer, a praying church. Mm -hmm. So I wonder, where did you kind of pick up on those values? Was this school in Jacksonville? Was this a presence-centered, prayerful school, or is that something that you developed. I know Heidi Baker loves to worship, so I'm yeah. sure that was a huge influence. But yeah, how did you kind of pick up on some of those values? Yeah, it's been a journey, man. Like getting saved for me 2008 through what have been 13 for me was formative, like building inner man, just learning what it meant to follow the Lord mm -hmm. and this discipline. Um, but I remember around 2013, just kind of like Bethel coming on the scene. <laughs> And Jesus culture was around in Bethel. And I, I remember I was thinking about this the other day because I did a podcast and we were talking about this. And I thought, I remember watching yeah. Stephanie and Jeremy on YouTube and watching them worship and being like, what is that? Like, what is happening like there? And just cultivating a hunger for that. During that season, there was a lot of supernatural things happening. We would do worship and there would be demons manifesting. And it opened up this door for like this supernatural, like we were not taught this in school, like what is happening <laughs> Yeah. So that led us to like being at a conference and listening to, I don't know if you know, Will Hart with Iris Global, he's preaching mm -hmm. on a stage and he's telling these stories about the supernatural God using him. And I remember thinking to myself, I have no stories like that. Like I've been in ministries all of my Christian life. I have no stories like that. And right when I think that he says, some of you right now are thinking, I have no stories like that. And I was like, crap. <laughs> <laughs> and and then he just he confronted I, I mean i felt like i was at voice of the apostle so it was a huge conference but i felt like it was for me he's like yeah. like what's your excuse just go and so we i did man like i bought a plane ticket went to africa and right when i landed there um the first night i felt like the lord said to me like you're gonna bring your family here so mm. i was on an 11 day trip i told my wife we're moving here we sold everything and we went me my wife my one-year-old went and i remember going to africa thinking like what's the assignment? <laughs> like, God, what's the assignment? You brought me to Africa and, and feeling, and then God really told me like, I brought you here to die. Mm. And, and that was the beginning for me of like learning what it meant to like host the presence, fall in love with Jesus in a real intimate way yeah. and give my life as like what Paul was like a poured out love drink offering. 
And so we came back to the States. We went to Mexico. We were missionaries in Mexico for about two years. And then we came back to the States and we landed here where we are now. And we started off at this church with 10 people. And it was the hardest six months ever, bro. It was like the wow. hardest six months ever. I, we wanted to quit. It was just so hard going from that revival culture of seeing miracles, signs, and wonders to planting in an American suburb and kind of the attitude <laughs> of the people being like, you should be glad I'm here. And I was like, oh God, right. what are you doing? And we tried and we tried. And then all of a sudden there was a prophetic dream that happened. And it led to this kind of like what we would consider like this mini outpouring and God speaking to me in the midst of that season, I don't want you to plant a church that prays. I want you to, to have a house of prayer that has a Sunday morning expression. Mm. And the last few years for us has been exploring that space. Like, what does it mean to be a prayer-centered community that the, the main goal is not Sunday morning? It's what happens Monday through Saturdays, and we get to celebrate yeah. that on Sunday mornings and invite people right. into that. So I had no grid, bro. Like I went to ATD to Fredericksburg. And when I found ATD, I was like, these are my people. Like, where have you guys <laughs> been my whole life? Well, there was no grid. You would see like upper room. Yeah. And I would fly to upper room and just sit in the prayer room and be like, okay, Lord, like I'm getting a picture. But it's it's been a journey of just exploring and wrestling. Like it all came off of reading Ezekiel 44. And hearing the Lord calling us, like, what does it look like to be a minister that comes to his table and ministers to him? That was kind of the first fruits of that. And it's been years of exploring that space. Yeah, I love it. I love that story, man. Yeah. Well, now we're same family, same tribe. I mean, come on, we're, we're zealous for the presence of God. We love to worship. We love to pray. Yeah. We love to minister to him, post his presence together. Yeah. So I'm glad you found ATD. <laughs> I'm glad come we on. found each other for sure. And uh, that kind of leads me on to the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is the Awaken the Dawn event that we hosted down in Tampa, Florida last year. And I want to bring that up because I know around that time and since that time, God's been doing some amazing things down mm -hmm. in your area. And I just want to let people know, kind of clue people in to what's going on. So maybe, you know, start at that event or if there were some things leading up to that event and then just kind of share kind of what's been unfolding in the Tampa Bay region. Yeah, like for us, the ATD event was really, really catalyst. Like, uh, I remember stepping into that season and just hearing like, hey, they're doing, you know, 70 something hours or 50 hours of prayer, I think it was. And I'm like, man, we get down, like, let, let's go, let's, let's get it. But that was my first real interaction kind of with Awaken the Dawn besides the Fredericksburg thing that, that I had gone to. And then you guys came and it was actually super pivotal. Like the timing was just the Lord. We had the national day of prayer on that Thursday. Mm -hmm. So it gave an opportunity for the pastors of the region to kind of, it gave us an excuse to gather like, yo, it's the national day of prayer. Let's gather. Yeah. But I remember being on the stage with a lot of pastors I'd never met and just hearing the outcry of that. And so we had an amazing time. We prayed in the, na the, the national day of prayer that Thursday. We prayed and then we, we kind of stewarded that weekend. Okay, Lord, what do you want to do? And that kind of like the Lord has spoken to me throughout that weekend, even like, man, I, I want to admonish you. I felt this invitation from the Lord to steward this DNA within the region. Not that it would be mine, but like, I want you to be a part of the narrative that I'm doing in Tampa with the, the prayer rooms and the houses of prayer. So that was really like catalyst and birthing even within me. Like, this is what God wants to do. Like, we're going to give our life to this. We're going to die on this mountain of stewarding family prayer-centered communities, and and helping anybody that would have any ache for that. So that led to um, a couple of connections, right, uh, within the community. Yeah. We're doing this, and then 
it was really like for me, what sparked, like what's next? Like, what are we going to do post this? And so I'm praying in in our prayer room on a Tuesday morning and I'm praying about Pentecost Sunday. And that's kind of what birthed together, man. Like I was like, we can't just pray for 50 hours and it not be like nothing come from that. Like I'm not doing that anymore. Like God wants to birth something from these times. Come on. So I'm praying about Pentecost Sunday and I'm like, Lord, I'm tired of every year, like fasting and praying and believing for like this spectacular, oh, Pentecost Sunday, here we go. And then feeling like that was great, but not what we were believing for. So I was mm. just reading through the story, right, of the outpouring Acts 2. And something just clicked in my mind, like, man, we pray for tongues of fire. We're hungry. We're consecrated. We're believing, but we're just not together. And that's really what stood out to me. Like, we're just not in one accord. Like, yeah. so I called a couple of my friends, you know, I got a couple of crazy friends in the region. And I'm like, bro, what if like on Pentecost Sunday, we just shut the doors and we just gathered somewhere like we just there was no preaching, no offering, no like every all the agenda went out the door. We just gathered all eyes on Jesus and we were together in unity. And so one church led to five churches to six churches. And long story short, we ended up meeting on my spiritual father's property. They had they have 12 acres. We met on the field and, and on that Pentecost Sunday, 33 churches gathered. Awesome. On that Pentecost Sunday. And it was just incredible. There was baptisms, salvations, reconciliations. We mm. felt like the Lord had told us to honor the fathers of the region. So we washed the, the feet of the fathers in the region. And it's really birthed something special in the region that now we're, we're just trying to steward it. Yeah. The Lord has spoken to me about there being 20 prayer rooms in our region. Wow. We've been contending for that. I believe to date there's 14 now. And that's, this is post ATD coming. Yeah. So I just believe like that moment of that coming was like God breaking something in the spirit for things to be opened up for us to collaborate in unity together. Not it being about one prayer. It's not about abide or about us. This is, yeah. this is his narrative that we're a part of. So there's a lot wow. there, bros. There's a lot, but, but this year we're going to be at the Steinbrenner. So we're, we rented out an arena, which is just crazy the way the Lord did it. We're renting out the Steinbrenner arena. We're going to be gathering the Church of Tampa, and we're just believing this is the new norm for the church. Yeah. Like on Pentecost Sunday, at least in Tampa, the church will be found in one place together, all eyes on Jesus, in prayer and intercession for the region. Mm. That's incredible. I don't want people to miss the fact that 33 churches shut down their Sunday morning to come together in a field, gave up yeah. their offering, <laughs> gave up their sermon so they could come together in unity on a Sunday morning. That's a miracle, honestly. Yeah. And that's what we felt, bro. Like the Lord has spoken to us that the Sunday morning for us, I can at least say for me is that it's like that Isaac and the Lord was Mm. was asking me, like, would you give that up and believe that I will bless you in greater measure? And so we saw that, like, to be honest, bro, like for me, that morning of together, when nobody saw this, maybe the first time I ever shared publicly, we gathered the pastors on a Friday night And we honored all the pastors. We did a dinner and we honored them. But then that Sunday morning, we gathered pre-service, pre-gathering. It wasn't really a service. And um, we we gathered all the pastors. So there was 30-something pastors in a room. And we just spent time on our face crying out before the Lord. And so Mm -hmm. before we even walked on the field, I remember getting on my knees. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. That's how I felt (laughs) like. I have no idea what I'm doing right now. So I told them, like, I don't know how to do this. I'm just going to get on my face and you can pray however you pray. I'm just asking that the Lord would meet us here. And after about 20 minutes, I remember getting up from being on my face and everybody was on their face and there was Mm. tears and it was just like this groan. And I felt like we already won. 
It was like, it yeah. doesn't really matter what happens on the field. This right here, whatever happens on the field is the icing on top. And so it was just a beautiful testimony of people's prayers. And I feel that like to gather happened not because of geo or even it's t- the years of prayer of people saying, God, would you unify your church in a region yeah. was what allowed that day to happen. It's just the prayers of the saints finally coming to fruition. Like I'm going to yeah. amen your prayers. So it mm. was just, it was amazing. Amazing. That's awesome. Well, let me ask you a question here. Cause it might be obvious to you and I, but for some people it may not be, but why is unity so important? You know, why does it matter that the churches come together? Why can't we just have our own meetings and our own styles and kind of do do our own thing in our separate churches? What to you is so important about being united together? I think, man, if I could have learned anything last year, the Lord really challenged me that it wasn't about gathering people on a field. It was about there's something about that person that I need. He showed me that like you mm-hmm. need Sea Glass Church, you need Overflow Church. And I think therein within the question is the problem. It's it's my style, it's my preference, it's my it's right. my anointing, it's what I carry. And learning like there's something about them that Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, XYZ, we gathered, it was cross-denominational that I needed to learn to come under. Mm-hmm. Like I needed to learn to come under and honor them and see them and come with that posture of heart that really released. And so what the Lord has spoken to me is like, there's a commanded blessing in unity. I think we see that in Psalms 133, there's a commanded blessing in unity. And so we would come in the spirit of John 17 to experience that commanded blessing to step into acts to outpouring. That was kind of the progression we saw. Like Mm. the spirit of John 17, Father, make us one, make them one as you and I are one, that we would come with that heart to experience the Psalm 133 commanded blessing, you know, and that we would step into Acts 2 outpouring. And sometimes we want to just gather the people that are like-minded. And there's no such thing as unity without diversity. Like what makes us unified is the diversity. Like anybody can gather with someone who talks, walks, and acts the same. Yeah. But there's something about being humble and coming under and saying, like, we don't have to believe the same. Like we don't have to, we don't have to we're like we're we're majoring on the minors. And like we mm-hmm. can put all that aside for one day. And yeah, maybe I worship this style and maybe you worship 20 minutes and I worship for an hour. But on this day, it's not about that. We're all going to come under what the Lord is saying for this block of time and say, God, like we want you to do what only you can do as we put all of those things aside. Yeah, that's so good. So I think unity is what heaven's screaming right now. Like my friend Caleb, a shameless plug, man, he's right. He's writing a book right now called Common Unity. And he's talking about the different gates and how we all carry a different, a different aspect of the kingdom of God. And the fullness of Christ can only be shown when everybody's together. Like nobody carries that fullness within themselves. Like we don't do it. You don't, it's when we all come together. And and I believe that's what he's coming for, man. It, it's not a certain sect of people. It's the bride. Like he's coming yeah. back for the bride and they're all crying out, come Lord Jesus, come. Yeah. So I, I believe it's essential. Yeah. So good. Reminds me of 1 Corinthians 12 where Apostle Paul's talking about the body of Christ, how we're all mm. different parts of the body and. I can't say to the ear, I don't need you, you know, because we need each other. We each have gifts and we each have a perspective and we've got the fivefold ministry and you've got all the, I believe even individual communities and churches have unique gifts and graces and focuses and styles. And yeah, I think all of us together, we can be the body of Christ. We can be that demonstration of who Jesus actually is on the earth. And that's what Jesus prayed for, right? That we would be one that the world would know 
that the Father sent Jesus to the earth. So something about our unity is even connected to the Great Commission and Jesus's mission and, and demonstrating to the lost and to the world who Jesus really is, that we can't do that on our own, that the church mm-hmm. needs to see us uh, together in unity. No, it's the Lord, though. Like, what I, want to, what I want to say and hammer down, like, it's the Lord dwindling us down to the place where it's like, I need them. Like, mm-hmm. I can't accomplish Good. what God has told me to say without them. It's not that we're trying to merge or make them be us or us be them. It's Good. an honor thing. It's like, it's an honoring what God has on their life. Like, we just went to a prayer summit for our region, and there was like 50-something pastors that went away for three days just to pray. That's all we did for three days, Incredible. just praying together. And it was from all denominations. And to be honest, like, this is just the way I am, bro. I'm going to be honest. I went into the week kind of sus because they flew a guy in from like Delaware. And I was like, do we need to have a guy flying from Delaware to like lead us in prayer? Like we're pastors. Can <laughs> right. we not pray? Like, can we not just pray? Yeah. And part of what the Lord showed me in that weekend is like, it's an inward posture of heart problem is like bro you should be thankful that 50 pastors are there Mm -hmm. like it's not about them praying like you or doing prayer room it's like be thankful for what i'm doing and hear me in them like bro i was repped when i got to sit back and hear god praying through the baptist and through like it wrecked my heart to hear their expression their extolling to the lord and and just receive from that so it's, it's like, it's not just unity for the sake of unity. It's the Lord dwindling you down to the place where you're like, I can't do this without you. It's it's true love. Mm. They will know you are my disciples by the way you love one another, not collaborate. Yeah. It's not just collaboration. It's love. It's like, I will, I will fight for this. I will die for this. And it, it has to be a conviction. Like the Holy Spirit has to birth that. Yes. I love that. It can't just be collaboration. It has to be love. I'm sure there's a lot of people who are tuning in who, in their city, they go, I'm not seeing what you're seeing, Gio. <laughs> there's disunity. There's, mm-hmm. It's hard to get anybody to talk to each other or work together or pastors aren't loving each other. The churches are divisive, all that kind of thing. You know, maybe give us some behind the scenes. What do you think got you guys to this point where, where the churches could actually work together, pastors could come together? And, and just for a regular person that's tuning in, listening to this, they go, I want to see unity in my city or a greater expression of unity among believers and churches. What would your advice be to them? Man. Attention, pastors and ministry leaders. We want to invite you to an ATD Leadership Summit in Salt Lake City, Utah, July 26th through the 28th. This ATD Leadership Summit is for leaders from across America that carry a shared value of hosting the presence of God through day and night worship and prayer and gospel proclamation. Our Awaken the Dawn team will be hosting the event, including David Bradshaw, Matthew Lilly, and David Valier. When you join us for this summit, you will experience real and refreshing connection with like-hearted leaders in an informal, fun, and relational environment, including four free meals together teaching and training sessions catered to pioneering presence-centered ministry leaders, spirit-filled and life-giving times of worship, prophetic ministry, and prayer to refresh your heart, interactive breakout sessions and workshops to dialogue about practical ministry challenges, and a regional worship and prayer gathering the weekend after the summit. To learn more and register, go to awakenthedawn.com today. Again, join us for the ATD Leadership Summit 
in Salt Lake City, July 26th through the 28th. Register now at awakenthedawn.com. We can't wait to see you there. And first and foremost, just bury yourself in the prayer room. Mm-hmm. There was a grace on the process for to gather that, you know, we spent two years just on our face before the Lord. Just we prayed for churches. Like I had a list of of churches in our region and pastors. And before we live streamed, before it was ever seen, we would just hold the list and pray for them. So it changes your heart and your conviction when you're talking to a person you've been praying for for two years. Like mm. you can't pray yeah. for that person and have any offense or any ought or like you should be do- like, you know, you just don't care. You're just like, bro, I've been praying for you. I don't even know you, but my heart is knitted to you. So that was a huge thing, I think. And like coming with no agenda, the Lord really was like, bro, come in the spirit of John 13, grab the towel and figure out how you can serve them. It wasn't about to gather ever. It wasn't about how many churches. It was a little overwhelming, to be honest, how many churches, because we didn't have the organizational structure. But I think <laughs> everybody just felt we weren't trying to get people to another event to say, wow, look at the event. Mm-hmm. It was like, the, the thing was like, can we see God do something together that we can never experience apart? That was the mantra, right? Like, let's experience something together that we can never have apart. And people just caught that. So it can't be a sales pitch. It's got to be, man, let's let's come together and let's lay all of it aside. So I didn't really ask questions around, what do you believe? It wasn't about that. It's like, do you believe that God can move in a region? Yes, come. Like, let's believe that together and let's pray for that. And let's truly believe. And we really went after some things like super hard, bro. Like on that mm. Friday night, when we got the pastors into that room, we were like, bro, we can't walk into that field and ask God to touch us if we have any offense towards one another. So this is the time to deal mm-hmm. with that offense right here, right now. Mm-hmm. And it was bathed in fasting. It was bathed in prayer. And the Lord did it. I don't know how else to say it. Like sometimes people are looking for a strategy. The best strategy we can have is for it to be covered in prayer. And sometimes, bro, like that sounds super Christianese. And so I would say to you, try to do it without it and then try to do it with it. And you'll experience the difference. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah, but I, th- I think the the word that I, keeps ringing in my mind as you're sharing your approach and what you guys have done is humility yeah. and this idea of coming humbly, coming to wash each other's feet, checking your own hearts and say, why? What's my motivation? What's my intention? Do I have any hidden agendas, selfish ambition in my heart as 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 I'm approaching others? And man, people can sniff that out <laughs> yeah. if there's something that you're coming with and you have an agenda that's selfish and you're not really coming to love and serve, people can sniff that out for sure. So no, that's really good. And I'll say this, bro. I'll yeah. say this as we kind of maybe conclude that thread. For every pastor that comes to mind, you had said, we think of some pastors and leaders in disunity. For every pastor that comes to mind, I would encourage you write their names down, write their church down and set your face to fast and to pray for that church. Yeah. Like good. it's 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 just that simple. Like set your face to fast and to pray. Last year for Together, there was in our region, I can't go into specifics, but I had a dream and there was four people in the dream. One of them was my spiritual father, but it was four pastors in the region. And I saw them holding keys and I understood they have keys to the region. But there was tremendous offense within these pastors. I had heard about it and I'm like, I don't even know how that could ever happen. So three of them ended up at Together last year, but one didn't. And so 
the next year for Together, the fourth one came. I shared the dream. Long story, supernaturally, God brought them together. And now all four of them are going to be at the next Together, running together with tremendous reconciliation, sustained reconciliation and meetings where God broke out. But it didn't start there. Like God showed a vision and it was just the craziest God. So all I had to say, no matter how dysfunctional it seems, God works all things together. Like he he really does, but we can't push the agenda. It's all in God's timing. Yeah, no, that's great. And that leads right into uh, the next thing I wanted to ask you about is what's happened in Tampa since last year. You threw out a couple little things, but just share. I mean, you threw out, I think, 14 prayer rooms or something like that. But like, man, give us some some sense of what's happening in Tampa since that time on the field last year. Yeah. So David actually had come to pre the tent. They came and they did a rally. And so David Bradshaw. That, David Bradshaw. Yeah, he came and he did yeah, a rally yeah. and he talked about the Neverites. I never mm. heard the message and I'm like, I'm going to be here all night because, you know, he's like, the never, I'm like, I'm going to be here till three o'clock in the morning. I was weeping. <laughs> And we're praying it's late, bro. And I thought the Lord said to me, I want you to believe me for 20 prayer rooms in the region. Mm. And I was just, I'm going to be like, what I said to God in that moment is like, I'm just trying to do one. I'm like, I'm trying to do one. Like, I don't have faith. And so I, God said to me, like, I just need you to say yes. That's what I felt the Lord say. Like, I just need you to say yes. So I was crying. I was on the floor at my friend, the resting places church. And I said, yes. So I got Mm. up and I felt this conviction, like I have to say it to somebody because I can't just say yes in a moment and I need there to be accountability for what I'm saying yes to. So I walk over to a regional intercessor and I'm like, hey man, I need to say this to you. Like I really, I was so moved and gripped by this. Like I believe God wants there to be 20 prayer rooms in our region and he starts crying and I'm like, all right. And so he reaches in his pocket, he hands me a check. For like, I, I don't know, it might have been like $4,000. And it said prayer rooms with my name on it. Like he knew, he was waiting for me. He hands wow. me the check and I was just like, <laughs> so that marked me. That was going into the tent weekend. So post that, like it's been God birthing within people, the value of seeing these hubs of intercession and beholding the Lord. Like that's, that's abide's mandate. Like abide exists to teach a people, to disciple a people in beholding the Lord. That's our mandate. Like that's our mission statement. We exist to disciple the people and beholding the Lord. That's why we exist. We do that through prayer rooms, through school and Sunday mornings. But we have seen God ignite that in a people. And we've learned that every prayer room has a different expression. So now, yeah, we have 14 prayer rooms. Some of them meet like Monday through Saturday. Some of them meet one day a week. And what we learned is it wasn't about abide having 20 prayer rooms. It's about us being a part of that story, like in any way, shape, yeah. form, or capacity that we can serve them, give them any kind of structure or go there. Like we just went to a prayer room in St. Cloud with my friend Michael Dow. We went there, spoke about what it means to have a prayer room, knowing him, hosting him, loving him, partnering with him. And then we modeled it. So it always looks different. So we went there, taught for an hour and we modeled it and then we debriefed with their prayer room. So yeah. it's been a stewardship thing, but bro, like what we have seen God do now that we have these prayer rooms in every region at, at different churches, them stewarding is above and beyond. Like we have mm. pastors that gather once a month here at Abide. We call it Pastors Connection. But I believe what knits it, the glue to that is the prayer. It's like we have, we know that in our region, yeah. between Abide, Zion House of Prayer, Seaglass House of Prayer, the Sarasota House of there's so many houses of prayer. There's a sustained <laughs> intercession happening in our region. 
that what it does for us is it, it prepares the soil. Like we have faith. On Sunday mornings at Abide, I can just testify for Abide. We're seeing God as we deliver the word and we behold, like Sunday morning, we delivered the word on courage and we went into this moment of no music, just praying. And it's awkward, bro, because they're used yeah. to <laughs> ministry team coming up and I'm like, boom, yeah. music, no music. We're just going to pray and we're going to, yeah. it's going to be awkward. It's going to be uncomfortable. And we, we saw like the awkwardness pushing and then 10 minutes in people start manifesting and being delivered from demons. People are being mm. healed. Like God is moving, but all of that's happening not because there's an anointing on a Sunday morning gathering. We have faith for it because we're here on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, and the place is, is bathed in intercession. So we don't believe that God has called a specific people to the ministry of intercession. Like the moment you said yes to Jesus, you get to partner with him in his ministry. And what is Jesus doing? He's sitting at the right hand of the Father in the ministry of intercession. So we're inviting yeah, people to partner with him in his ministry, which he's doing right now. So you're saying yes to Jesus. You're saying yes to his ministry, which is the ministry of intercession. Yes. And so just as much as you want to go and heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, partner with him in praying and catching his heart for that person that you're praying for. And you're going to be ministering too. Yes. I love That's it. a lot. I'm sorry. It's a lot. No, it's great. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. So just to be clear, 14 new prayer expressions in Tampa Bay over the last year or so. Yeah, since you guys came, yeah. so it's probably closer to two years now. Oh, two years. That's right. That's right. But yeah, they just keep they just keep coming. Like we keep hearing yes. and we just tell them like you don't have to be full time. Like just start with a prayer gathering. Like y'all are doing at open door. Like start with a prayer gathering. Be faithful yeah. with that prayer gathering. Invite people into that. Give training and build that thing out. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, I'm glad you brought up Abide. I wanted to ask you guys kind of what is is stirring there at your local church and some of the things that you guys care about a lot there, because I think that's a lot of who you are and what you carry. You said that you guys are passionate about beholding the Lord, discipling people to behold the Lord. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about that, man. Give us a little bit more. How do we encounter God? How do we behold Him? How do we see Him? in all his beauty and glory. Oh man, I think that this is a process that we're trying to flesh out right now. Like I think the way I behold the Lord, I minister to the Lord is very individualistic, like the way that mm -hmm. I engage with him. So what we're looking and setting out to do is creating an environment where God is dwelling. We, we, we say at Abide, like we're looking to create a habitation, a dwelling place for the Lord, whereby when we walk in on Tuesday mornings, it's going to be different than Wednesday nights. We have a Tuesday morning devotional set where we encourage you, get in your word, study your word, and then we're praying the scriptures. Like, we're praying yeah. the scriptures out. Wednesday night's going to be intercession. It's going to be going after specific prayer points, and it's very aggressive. Thursday mornings is going to be devotional. It's going to be beholding. We're going to behold the Lord. It's going to be coming like Mary of Bethany at His feet and pouring your love out and affection. So, like, what we're looking to do is create different environments for people to engage with the Lord and hopefully the goal would be that we would give them a safe place to do that so that their car would become a prayer room, their their house would become a prayer room, that they, they would learn to steward this not just on our corporate times where we've set, but they would cultivate this lifestyle of prayer, devotion, and intercession. So mm. we've we've moved away from setting like, this is how we want you to do it, but creating moments of saying, man, we just want to create moments where we can pour gasoline on what God is doing. 
and really beckoning you, like, find your rhythm. Like, the way that Geo prays is not going to be the way you pray. And if you're trying to pray like Geo, there's a problem because God has wired you a certain way. And the beauty of us as a body is when we all pray according to how God has created us, we create this synergy and this power that releases heaven and opens heaven. And it attracts God into that place. So the value of beholding, um, it's it's the Mary of Bethany thing. It's the Ezekiel 44. It's the they, the sons of Zadok. They will come to my table and minister to me. And knowing that God will allow a people who make priority a ministry to people, he'll let them have that. That's what I took from Ezekiel 44. There were a people that they made priority a ministry to the people. And God seemingly like rejected that. And he invited these ones that were faithful into this deeper place of intimacy. And so that's where we started. Like we started with this conviction, Ezekiel 44, God is inviting us to his table. And I remember preaching this at a Bible, like there's an invitation. God is saying, come up. And, and I had this conviction. And to be honest, bro, like we would show up on Saturday nights and there would be nobody show up. Oh, yeah. Like we would show up with this passion and this like zeal. And it would be me, my worship pastor, and my wife. And we had to <laughs> yeah. like, we would have to hold the line. Like I remember yeah. my worship pastor looking at us and being like, bro, like nobody's here. What do you want to do? Should we just yeah. go? And I remember the fear of the Lord, like, bro, God invited us. God's watching us in this moment. So anybody mm. shows up now, they show up now and they're like, oh man, there's like so many people here. I'm like, bro, you should have been there when it was like, nobody was here. <laughs> Yeah. And it was just me, my wife, and Covington singing love songs to the Lord. But those are the moments where God is testing, like, do you really believe that this is a value for you? Like, when nobody's yeah. in the room, are you still going to love and pour out your adoration and your praise? Yeah. And we did that for a long time, bro. We're talking about a year of showing up and saying, we're here. Like, we yeah. through tears and feeling like failure, all of those things we process, and we spent a year of dying to that. And so now when, you know, a hundred people show up, praise God, but we're going to, we're still going to go a hundred percent because we yeah. learned a value for that when nobody was in the room. Yeah. I love it. That's the, the classic story of pioneering a house of prayer yeah. <laughs> is yeah. you tend to launch and sometimes people launch with a bang, but then at some point there's that point where it dies and you die and it's you and Jesus and maybe one or two other people. And you learn to minister to God and you learn to just be with him. I mean, when we started our first prayer room in 2009, it was, it was, my wife was pregnant with our first of four kids. And I remember we just said 10 a.m. every morning, we were going to go out and I just had my mm -hmm. guitar. Some days there was nobody else. She'd sit on, in the back nursing our baby after the baby was born. And it, we just, I just learned to worship and get free of of needing people get free of you know trying to perform and and all that and just learn to just minister to him learn what moves him and learn to just sing and worship and, and partner with him in intercession and and it's and it's challenging in the moment but the fruit of it is is so good in the long run Bro, and to be honest now i find myself even in prayer rooms that are full and i'm thankful that they're full because i understand the mandate is to disciple a people which is the more people are there, the better it is. But sometimes I think, man, I miss the beauty of the moment yeah. of just building history with the Lord in private, mm. of just like that private place of I feel broken, but you're enough and you're enough yeah. and you're enough and you're enough. 
And so for those that are maybe listening and you're just like, you're alone with three people in a room, just like, don't despise that season. Just let the Lord completely do that work in you and just let him birth that conviction and that desire. Because to be honest, the only thing that happens when people get into a room is it just becomes more complicated. Yeah. It just becomes more complicated and it becomes about protecting the purity of what you had. I didn't have to fight for the purity of that in the beginning. It was just there. And now it's a continual fighting for the purity of what we're doing and realignment. So I just encourage you, man, don't despise. I would have told Gio two years ago, like, bro, the, the season you're in is beautiful because you're singing. You're, it's a ministry. It's an audience of one. And it attracts the Lord. Like, it, it attracts the Lord in such a unique way when you can sing Him love songs and pour out your heart. And it's not unto people or unto building something. It's just because you're there yeah. and you're committed. It's just different. Yeah, I love it. I feel like that's a great place to kind of land this today. I feel like God is on that. And I just would love for you, Gio, if you would just pray for Mm. us, pray for the people that are tuning in, because I do feel like as you were sharing that, there probably are some people who are feeling in that lonely place, trying to pursue God. They don't see the the bigness that they wanted. They don't see the crowd they wanted. They don't see the fruitfulness of it, but they're kind of in that barren place of prayer and fasting and mm. pioneering. And so, yeah, would you just say a prayer for anybody that's tuning in kind of around this theme here? Yeah. And just, just an encouragement, man. The biblical yeah. theme is that God, many powerful things came from barrenness. Like you see, mm. you see Samuel, you see so many things like the man who the Bible says that did not let one word from his lips fall to the ground came from a barren woman, but she had to get to the place of utter brokenness. And so God produces something in those seasons of barrenness that, I mean, like if I'm being honest, I'm fighting for that. I want to get back continually to that place of complete dependency and brokenness. So I, I'm going to pray, but I just, I just encourage those men in those prayer rooms that are alone, like God sees you. He yeah. values you. And, and that place of tender brokenness and poorness of spirit and tears, it matters to the Lord. Oh my yes. God, it, it matters to the Lord. It matters to Him and He values it. And I believe sometimes we look at places like Upper Room, I go there, their family, but we think like God's eyes on that or IHOP KC. We had no reference point for any of those places. When we were building, <laughs> I didn't even know like Kansas City had a 25-year, I, I wish I would have. But I almost think that God kept us in this place of just stay here and don't worry about building according to any other place. Just figure mm-hmm. out loving me. So f- for those of you, like, it doesn't have to look like upper room, but the eyes of the Lord are on you. So, mm-hmm. so I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in these different places. Father, for those that they're in this place of pressing and of, of being formed into all that you have for them. God, I pray that you would bless them that your fire would fall upon them, God, that their work, that every time they would set their face towards you, that you would meet them there, God, and that you're, I thank you for faith for them, that you're producing something. I thank you that what you're doing in Tampa is just, God, you want to do it everywhere. You mm-hmm. want to pour out your spirit. You want to unify. You want to birth houses of prayer, praying communities, presence-centered communities everywhere, God. So I pray that even if there's one that you would mark during this podcast, God, that you would do it. Even now, God, that you would mark them in their car, in their bedroom, in their bed, God, that you would mark them with the conviction that you have chosen them and you have marked them. You have marked them for a moment such as this, God. So, so Father, I pray 
that there would be a branding and conviction for this and grace. Give them grace in this season. Grace and perseverance to set their face towards us and not to turn their face, God. We pray that your Holy Spirit would minister to them. Father, for all those that are weary, that have been grinding for seasons and trying to build this thing out, give them grace. Send them errands and hers, God. Give them vision. Give them vision and conviction and send them those that would run with them. God, we thank you for, for a pouring out of your spirit. We pray that unity would be birthed and that there would be faith for unity in the region. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name, thank amen. Amen. So good, man. Bro, something came to my mind, I just want to say. Yes. I had an experience in 2013 as I was transitioning out of a season. I had a pastor look at me and say to me, hey, if you go down this road, you're going to be marked. And the way he was saying it was sort of derogatory. Like, if you go down this road, you're going to be marked and you can never be unmarked, kind of in the terms of being tainted. And it it affected me, man, because he was an influential person in my life. And I remember saying, like, I can't go any other road. It was like the Peter thing, like, where else would we go? You have the words. Like, I was, God was touching me in a way where I was like, I can't go that way anymore. And fast forward 2022, I was sitting in a meeting and we were talking about all that God's doing in a region. And there was a pastor in the region and I had actually forgotten about that experience, but he stopped the whole meeting and we were strategizing for what God's doing in Tampa. And he said to me, what God is doing in this region and why he's using you is because you are marked. You are marked. And I'm not saying that like it's not about Geo, but I just want to say there are some of you that God has set apart. And it's even like, it can seem like rejection and like you don't fit. Praise God. Like God has set you apart, consecrated you for a purpose. So give yourself to the purpose, bro. Like man or woman, whoever you are, I just want to prophetically say like that thing that you saw as a negative rejection, God is going to use to birth open and to unify, to, to spread fire. So I'm, I'm saying like, you're marked for a purpose. And it may, it may have seemed like rejection, but I just want to say like God marked you and it's going to all make sense, but give yourself to that. Don't compromise. God marked you. Praise God. Say full yes and amen to the marking and run with that thing. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I love it. Amen. I just thought that I, I love you, bro. Yeah, no, that's so good. Gio, this has been so amazing and so encouraging for everybody. Thank you for all that you do. We love you, man. Thank you for being Thank on the you, podcast. Man. Love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We would love for you to hit follow or subscribe in whatever app you're using so that you can continue to get episodes like this every month. If you enjoyed today's episode, do us a favor and please share it with your friends and post it on social media. Be sure to tag Awaken the Dawn in your post so that we can reshare that with all of our friends as well. If you're tuning in on Apple, please leave us a rating or review. And if you're on YouTube, give us that thumbs up like button and leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of today's episode. And we really appreciate it. Finally, please visit our website at awakenthedawn.com. You can find out more about our ministry and movement, and you can also make a donation to help support this podcast and the Awaken the Dawn ministry. Thank you again for tuning in today, and don't forget, Jesus changes everything.